May. And I'm Lana Turner. And we are the Perfect 10 Podcast. Thank you so much for uh, downloading and uh, listening. As always, uh, follow us on uh, Twitter. Uh, I'm at Ralphie underscore May. And I'm Lana Turner with an H, L-A-H-N-A, Turner, T-U-R-N-E-R. All right. And uh, we also have uh, at Perfect 10 Pod. Okay. And uh, by all means, follow, rate, subscribe, and you can win a trip to Vegas. Yeah. I want to talk about something, because we've been getting a lot of emails, okay? Thank you guys for the emails. Appreciate it. Well, there's there's one in particular that I got this morning about the song, the opening song. Is that the one you're thinking? Right. Yeah. Right. But I got, uh, this is like the eighth one I've gotten. Oh, really? Because you yeah. say the line. Because I say the line. Okay. <laughs> First of all, the line is, uh, okay, she goes, I'm a big fat Gentile. You're a big fat Gentile. And I say, you're a dirty Jew. Yes. Okay. All right. Now, now, the, now the truth is, who wrote the song, Lana? I wrote the song. Okay, all right. Lana wrote the song. The Dirty Jew wrote the song. The Dirty Jew wrote the song. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Now, now, now. Jews get sensitive about that, though. I mean, well, they're too fucking sensitive. I mean, Jesus well, Christ. Well, you know, we kind of have a reason to be kind of uh, like a little alarmist okay, about. So, no one is, no one, no Gentile <laughs> is going, you know, a big fat Gentile. Okay. No one's, no well, one's yeah. wrapping that up. It's always Jews bitching about the little things. Yeah. And you, they're so the Jew sensitive that it's just annoying. Here's the thing, like dirty Jew could be in the context I think to which you're saying it is. I think you're meaning like a, like a dirty like comedian, like your dirty comic. She is Not a dirty like, comic, and you wrote it. So right, I wrote what did it you too. mean when you wrote I it? I don't know. It's just funny to me. Yeah. And you know what? I, I the thing is, is it's close to the high holidays. It was just Rosh Hashanah, which is the Jewish New Year. People get sensitive. All right, listen. They have they have a bad. Okay, first of all, they have a holiday every other fucking week. Right. Okay. Jews, it, it, being a Jew is the greatest way to get out of work, okay, of all time. You can just say it's a Jew holiday, and everybody goes, oh, okay, sure, uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I totally understand. Yeah, sure, go take your time off. No worries. All right? And then, uh, you know, you got the Holocaust, all right, and it's always omnipresent in, in Jews, you know, well, and, and it's like, enough. And we are kind enough. of Enough. I mean, hated. we're 60 years, 70 years removed, and, and it's like, nobody's That's, killing you now, still, and I married you. No, no, there's still people alive who, you know. Oh, of course yeah, there it's, are. It's a pretty awful thing. Of course thing. there are. I of understand. Course. My sister even mentioned to me that she didn't like that line. I think that line is a hard one for, for Jews to swallow. Well, you know what? Nobody's asking them to swallow, okay? Right. You know, you know no one's asking them. And, we and are God sticking forbid, it in their mouth, If you know a Jew, though. you can't get them to swallow anything. <laughs> Trust me, I married one. All right? But the matter of the fact is, is that I love my wife, and I love my babies. I married a Jew, and I've made some Jews. So for the record, 
Go fuck yourselves. Well, you know, like, here's the thing. We are, I consider us equal opportunity offenders, and everybody wants are. to get offended when they're at the other end of the, you know, but look, we didn't, we don't want to hurt anybody. It's just funny. It's a, it's a funny thing for me to call you a big fat Gentile, and you call me a dirty Jew. Yeah. And then, I'm not sensitive then about a little it. Bump, I am a big bump, fat. You know, I am big and fat, all right? Yeah. All right? And Gentile. But I'm not really a I'm dirty Jew. I'm not really Jew. a Gentile because I don't believe in the whole Jesus And I would never shit. call you a big fat Gentile. Like, I know. That's ridiculous. And I you know. would never and call I me a dirty Jew. I call you a dirty Jew in, in bed, you know? <laughs> so that doesn't count. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> you know, I just think that they everybody gets all worked up and all hamstrung over this. And it's like enough already. Well, you know, here's the funny thing is, is that being that this is Rosh Hashanah, we had an opportunity, you know, for us, um, every year, April's birthday is September 5th. Mm -hmm. So for us, you know, it's easy to have a birthday on a Thursday for her. And it happens to be a school holiday. So her friends can come, but a lot of the Jews can't come. So I pulled the ultimate Jew move and we held uh, her, her birthday on the Jewish holidays, and where it's a double juju, is that a lot of the people can't come, so we save $10 a kid on the party. <laughs> that's an ultimate Jew move. I uh, swear right, to God. That's, right. that's tremendous so Jewness. So if you're mad at me right now for accepting him calling me a dirty Jew, you can tip your hat to me now for being an excellent Jew and Jewing up the Jews. <laughs> yeah, I'll Jew in the Jews. I love it. I love it. And here's the thing. I kind of feel guilty about it, so it's even better. Yeah, right? That That's a threefer. Yeah. That's a threefer. I mean, my so, God. I mean, how Jew do you want us to be? Right. And, and do you give anybody else any shit when they, when they talk about Jew? No, nobody None. else gets anybody shit. So, you know what? Give it, leave it alone. Leave it and alone. And let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. I know. I know. Uh, we, we got an opportunity to talk to a great comedian last week, and the interview was so good. And... Um, so definitive of who uh, Rick Shapiro is that we had to break it up into two and um, and we don't normally do this. I mean, well, this is a huge interview. The for interview us. itself was almost like two segments because you started off just talking and then it moved its way into an arts and crafts session, which is why we have that yeah, song right? at the open about art. Well, we were talking about, um, you know, uh, Rick used to paint a lot and he hasn't painted in forever. And for him to even pick up a brush was. I mean, physically very hard, you know, mentally, physically, it, it was almost in a, like it was like it was almost radioactive at first. And then once it got in his hand, he he loved it. He he started he started feeling uh, good about it and painting more with it. And and honestly, being more in and of the moment. And he almost got kid like. You know, all of the all the worries and stuff. You know, my sister is a firm believer in art therapy for um, people in recovery. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw it definitively right there. I mean, you could you could measure it and physically oh, yeah. see it. No, it's what a it's a, a wonderful way to express what's going on inside. I mean, yeah. And he he really cool. uh, he has a lot going on, man. You know, yeah. the guy, <laughs> I, uh, he, he has a lot to say. I mean, phenomenal stories. I mean, as you learned last week, you know, from, oh my goodness, uh, just everything that he's done in his life, you know, to to be the person that he is now to come in. He's a survivor. He's an ultimate survivor. Well, let's and, hear. Let's hear. I want. I haven't heard it yet. I want to listen. Well, then, by all means, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Mr. Rick Shapiro, part two. Going to parties where there was 
20 people on the floor in a circle passing like multiple balls around. And, and, um, and, um, this girl, I, I, my job was to go to clubs because I was cute at the time. Before I was hitting the nose, I had a button nose and bangs. <laughs> and I was going to clubs, talking to girls, bringing them back to the house where all the their businessmen were there, like Garmentos and other kind of businessmen would vi- vi- visit the, the dealers. We lived in a broken down pen- penthouse. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and a girl comes in, and I would bring the girls over, and they would be turned out. They'd be college girls, but turned out into hookers. And they'd be snorting with these guys. They'd stay for months, and next thing you know, they'd be doing it for, screwing around for, for, for blow. And I used to brag. I used to wear it like a badge because I had a little bit of a street life. But one time a girl came to me and said, I want to quit. And I was trying to quit. And the owner, the, dr- the heroin guy in charge, told every girl that came in, whoever, he said, Rick wants to leave the business. Whoever convinces him to stay gets $50,000. And he, he could convince anybody of a- anything. So these girls would just come in and sh- sh- screw me when I was trying to say, I'd be like, I'd, I'd ask Ellie and I'd say, who are these girls? He'd be like, I told them they get fifty grand if they convince you not to quit. And um, one girl came in and said she wants to quit. Can she just lie next to to me? And I said, I want to be alone. I'm tired of this life. I'm tired of every, everything. I got to figure out how to get out of here. Just leave me alone. Go to Lu- Luis. Luis was a hit, 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 hit man who, if I sent him a girl, he'd give me an eight ball. So I would send him girls. The girl... The next day, I get a call from Luis, and he says, "You bet, you get your ass over." And he he looked like the real Car- Car- Carlito, like he had pock marks and a beard that looked like it was shoved into his jaw. Yeah. And he woke up in a skirt one day from one of the girls, and nobody asked him the next mo- morning why Luis. He was the kind of guy he walked by in a in a pink skirt, and you didn't ask him a thing. And, and um, and I, I, I euphorically recall how he made me his nephew and said I could stay with him in Puerto Rico. There are days I still want to, I thought it'd be like The Harder They Come, G- G- Jimmy Cliff film, yeah. where I'd be riding around on a moped and living on an island, but I never went. But there are nights I watch how comedy is, you know, I masturbated with my mother, you know, some joke, some girls, <laughs> I masturbated with my mother, we all, who masturbated? A lot of jokes about masturbation tonight, a lot of jokes about masturbation tonight. And I said, I'd rather be with Luis killing people. <laughs> I, I want to kill people. I mean, I, I, I went home with my friend, and I said, "Where's the you gun?" Know, you know, for for the civilians out there who are listening, all comic to all comedy to a real comedian makes you want to fucking kill somebody. Yeah. All right, and, and you're a real comedian. Too. To cooks and, in the restaurant, they, they yeah. come up to us and they, yeah. they, they go, "You're the real deal." They go, "What's exactly. the rest of this shit?" Yeah, there is. It, it's so annoying to see the state of comedy from what we took it at its apex yeah. to, to what it's evolved into now. It's it's a bunch of fucking pretty guys who have no problems, who wear tight pants and bitch about their fucking day. And yeah. we had real shit. We had real fucking stories. We were, I mean, you know, it doesn't matter if you're, uh, you know, we if, we, we, we have a want. Yeah, like, want is erased. Uh, the, the want doesn't have to do with comedy, whatever their want is. 
Right. It's it, it's it's deadpan. It's like huh, go on stage, but don't want to be a comedian. Right. Right. Yeah. Or they're they're too cool to be a comedian. Yeah. You know, it's like like they jokes don't matter to them, but they have nothing to talk about. I yeah. mean, we had. I mean, once you're once you're uh, once you con a, uh, you know, like, you, you talk down a fucking busted ass hooker, uh, a tranny hooker for uh, she wants five dollars and a lighter for a blowjob, and you talk her down to three dollars and a book of matches. Okay. Uh, yeah, I know uh, that. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yes, you're cool. It's great. <laughs> I loved homeless women more than regular L.A. girls. Yeah, they've got more women. heart about them. Yeah, I used to describe the kiss where a regular girl would be like, you're sucking the tongue out of my throat. I'd be like, did you know your tongue can't be sucked out of your throat? Like it's called pa- passion and pain, like like sex helps you get over pain. I mean, I, mean, I want to feel everything when I'm w- w- with you. I want to feel good. I don't want to just... Uh, so, 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 so I met a girl... Long story short, I had to do a voiceover to play a Christian tomato. Well, the the, the girl from, from uh, I, I I had to go up for a voiceover. She, I wouldn't go anymore, and she kept saying it's right up your alley. I don't know why she kept saying it was right up my alley. It was to play the voice of like Bob the Christian tomato in a Veggie Tale. <laughs> Bob the Christian <laughs> at nine a.m., which I don't I can't get up past, before one, and at nine a.m. and the and I'm living in Hollywood Hills and. The Mercedes are pulling out with the bald Israeli guy driving and the bandana leaf blowers would look like they were being tortured. Like the class chasm was so big. Yeah. The, the, the difference was so evident. I played Bill Hicks and Johnny Cash and lay my head on the steering wheel and I said, I can't do anymore. So I went to a gas station and this girl comes up to me and I noticed she took her top off and had a this slip on with all these tats. I ignored the blue needle marks and she had a bangs and like Betty Page haircut. She was so adorable. And she goes, will you fill up my gas tank? Will you give me $4 for gas? I said, where's your car? And she pointed to it. It was a van. And uh, I said, I did. And then I said, how about we make out for 10 bucks? And she said, no. I, I said, come on. I said, you're, you're, you're hot. I'm okay looking. Can't we just, I'll, I'll pay you 10 bucks. We'll make out. She said, I said, look, I got to go play a Christian tomato in a voiceover. I, I, I want to die. I, I want to make out with you. And she goes, are you a cop? I said, no, I'm not a fucking cop. I just want to make out with you. We went to her van. We made out for a half hour. It was amazing. And then I would call her up when I was on dates and tell her to meet me in the parking lot. We'd make out for five minutes and I'd go back to my date till I couldn't find the bathroom. <laughs> and, and we started doing it all over the place. And I did it with a... I'm, I'm a great homeless girl. Like, I I think that uh, you know you had. I, is this true? Were you once a man, male prostitute? Yeah, for, for for like how long? Like nine years. Okay, so that's is, never, is, that, never, is that the money or the lifestyle? Or it, both? It was both. It was both. Is it for, the, for the for the carekeeping? I mean, you always no. have a place to stay. No, no, no. I never fucked or got fucked, but. I had, I had to you? let guys blow me because I was bad at blowing them. Yeah, right. So I had to use my imagination. I said I put nipples on everything, and after nine years, you run out of you put nipples on your grandmother's arm fat in your mind. <laughs> but but um, but I was going out with like Phoebe Cates and all her friends. I was hanging around these rich Park Avenue chicks that I was shocked right. to meet. So I was hustling to go to big to hangouts. 
And I was hustling also because I was hungry and I would try to hold down jobs, but because of the abuse, I stuttered whenever I had job interviews. I have great job interview stories where I stuttered <laughs> and I found out the stutter going through my mind when they said, tell us about the highest pressure situation you ever went through on a job, what you did about it and what you learned. You. And he points to me, and I finally caught why I was stuttering. I started going like, ah, uh, I went, high pressure, high pressure. Oh, there was a time I carried 68 grams of heroin through the airport in Arizona. No, don't tell him that. That's not a real job. <laughs> there was a time the aging bodybuilder chased me around the apartment because he found it with a lamp in his hand because he found out I was straight. No, you can't tell him about that. I never had normal jobs. Yeah. And I, didn't, and I was also an innocent, <laughs> one of those, quote, in, in, in innocents mm-hmm. where I didn't know you could lie. Yeah. So I would, I would try, That's try to... That's the thing with comedians is that we're honest, uh, that we're usually truthful to a fault. Yeah. yeah you know, a good I mean, point. the fact that... That's a that, really good that, point. That, and bookers uh, don't always understand that. Exactly. But audience members do. We see their f- f- right. f- f- faces. Just because they're not laughing doesn't mean they're not leaning in. Right. And but, 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 but bookers don't know... You can't say that here. It's like they got it. You know, like guys with cowboy hats, big te- te- Texas guys would be like, we don't usually get stuff you do uh, out here. I appreciate it. Yeah. You know, guy who the bookers would say, we can't book you out here. Too many Alabama cowboy hats yeah, or whatever. exactly. And that's just, uh, they're going through the same bullshit that, yeah. you know, they're, they can't get heroin, so their heroin is Oxycontin yeah. and alcohol, all right? And and uh, uh, they, they, they've had to blow a dude for gas money. You yeah, know? yeah, I mean, yeah. They you know always I mean? tell me stories like <laughs> yeah, that. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, man, nobody is fucking perfect. And the second you think you're perfect, you've proven that you're not. You know? Yeah, that's great that you know that. That's Nobody great. hardly knows that, man. But you forget that's, it a lot, or no, man? I keep that shit the front front of my fucking mind at all times. I'm switching shrinks. Do you you, you got a shrink? I do. I do. I want to see yours. Cause yeah, man. My mine's all about positive thinking. He just oh, go fuck yourself with that positive thinking. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, what does that do? What the fuck? Okay, I think that I'm everything's okay, but what if it's not? What if reality is that it's fucking just fucked up? And if you're fucked up. Maybe that's there you are. So is it better to live in a dream world that of hallucinations and, and everything is positive and wonderful? Or is it better to live in reality where fucking some shit's not? Yeah, that's a weird thing because with my head, now I know why he's telling me to think po- 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 positive because I'm too close to jumping. You know, Dude, like, like I, I told him, I'm not a guy who I ever wanted to live. I was there in 72-hour hold. I went five days with, with uh, not sleeping. And I got uh, insomnia-induced dementia, and I threatened to kill myself. Yeah, I mean it's like I mean it's like amazing. Yeah, man. I mean it's not fun. You know, you don't you don't know where the world's gonna end. You know what the world's gonna do. You know, and you can't control shit, and you just get to the point. I don't remember all of it because I mine was sleep deprivation-induced, but man, it fucked me up. But. It was anxiety and PTSD that got me to where I couldn't sleep. Did did you go to rehab or did you just go to meetings or what did you do to get clean? I went to the rehab didn't work. The feds were after us, so we all broke up. And I it's a funny story. I left the mafia he squeezed me against the wall, and I squeezed by, making a little noise like, uh, 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 
And I went like, I just want to be an actor. And, and I left. Yeah. So I ran out of money, and I, I didn't have any drugs to keep hustling long enough. I didn't have money for drugs. My drugs were free for years Forever, and years. yeah. And I would try doing a little bit of coke, and it wouldn't work. I'd have to be, because to- I'm straight, I had to be totally wrecked, totally obliterated. And um, then somehow I, I, I slept on, I always say I didn't, but I slept on the street a couple of nights here and there. I think once was two weeks. I forgot about, I say the realtor was late. But, but uh, I don't know how, I ended up staying with my sister and I, put on a nice shirt and got a real job at a cafe. And the woman liked me, like she genuinely liked me. And the waitresses were all saying I should be fired. And she goes, I mean, I choked a waitress because I was off drugs without AA. I was involuntary, violence. Yeah. And then... I took an acting class and this amazing guy would just walk with me every night till two in the morning and he would tell the teacher, I walked with Rick all night. I could, I could barely talk. And walked with Rick all night from the Lower East Side to Upper West Side or Upper East Side and he knew at least one waiter in every co- co- coffee shop because on Sunday nights when the mafia parties and the guns and the drugs were, and the yelling and screaming and chaos and the fucking was going around, I would disappear. And they'd say, where are you going? i said, I'm going to get ice cream. And I would disappear for two days and sit in a diner, find a girl who would nurse me back to health for two days, but, but sit in a di- the diner. And I started to write and found out I was a r- r- writer. So I didn't want to get high. But this guy would tell the teacher, she would make me go in front of the class and tell, I would act with my back to the class because I was so weird and shy and he would say tell the story you told me last night like I was retarded Rick tell the story you told and I told the story and people started to like me and I and I followed him in turns out he was I said why are you so nice to me he goes I'm your friend and I told my brother this guy wants to be my friend and I asked him I said what's a friend he goes a friend he laughed out loud he had a dark, dark strong laugh and he goes, I love you, man. He goes, a friend means I, I like you. I'm your friend. I didn't know what a friend was. I was a wanderer. And uh, with my little Ralph Macchio jacket and American flag on the back. And and, and he said, he, he goes to AA. So little by little, he, he would say, meet me at this meeting. And I started going to AA. And I would call him up and stay with him. And I met this actress who was getting a name, actually. I would talk to her, and I would touch people. I was like an orphan, and they'd let me sleep on their floor. I would talk till I fell asleep on their floor. And I started to go to them instead of to the drugs. But guys, the rich old guys would found out where I worked, and two of them were sitting waiting for me to hustle them after work, and I'd be like, I don't do it anymore. Because my sponsor told me, I said, I can't stop hustling, but I can't do drugs, so I know there's a dick in my mouth, and I would share about it in AA. And one guy says, told my brother, he goes, your brother's a faggot. That's unconditional AA love. Mm -hmm. He sucks dick, he's a faggot. 
And that's when I thought of some people in Haverfield. Anyway, the guy said, I would go to him. And he said, is there a door in that room where you're sucking dick? I said, yeah. He goes, did you know you can always walk out that door? And I never heard of that. I know. It's so simple sometimes. Yeah, and I walked out. And I kept looking for jobs, and I was walking up and down the street talking to myself. A guy at a butcher shop would give me, like, fat from pork chops. and um, It's hard to remember, but I, I, I lived with four girls, and there was a fireplace, and I put the pork chop on a hanger and cooked it in the fireplace. And um, uh, something happened. I forgot what happened. Oh, yeah. I met this girl, like girls would take to me. I didn't even know. I was working in the fashion area of New York. I didn't even know. Betsy Johnson, all these gorgeous girls would come into where I was working and put their hands in my pocket, come behind the counter, hang out with me, put their arms around me. And and guys would say, she likes you. How, how do you know? She's fucking hanging around behind the counter with her arms around you. And one w- 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 waitress from Amsterdam goes to me, why you be good guy? Why you act like good guy? You're not good, 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 good guy. Why you always shave, act like good guy? And she took me downstairs and fucked me. And I, I, I realized I would swing. From, uh, after being crazy and a, and a guy doing bad things, I just wanted to be a good guy. So I went to that side and erased my dark side. And uh, I still go through that being married. That's a tough call sometimes because that impulse. And they say Parkinson's has to do a lot with impulse. A lot of my impulses are fucking homeless women. I I, I would hold, I would signal a girl to meet me in the bathroom. I was in a cafe for a couple of hours and I would do it. And two out of, you do it 50 times, you'll get two girls in the bathroom. It works. It works great. Yeah. Maybe I'll try one of these crabs in pulls, but keep going. You, you tell me. I, I hate crabs, I, I, but, but I, I used to paint, and I stopped since I got out of the hospital. I started again, but I paint my wall now. I just throw paint against my wall. Yeah. And uh, talking about being hit, is you're saving my life for a minute here. Right on, brother. And, but but you, you get it. I, I don't think I'm very much different, except for I know some more things, than the guy who was selling drugs down on Gardner in a studio apartment at 1440 North Gardner, all right? And, uh, you know, there was hookers going and pimps going door to door selling pussy during the day and shit like that. And uh, I remember my dog stole some stuff from an old Russian lady. Uh, 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 he stole a, a loaf of bread. And you steal bread from a fucking Russian lady? Shit's got to get handled. It cost me 20 bucks, that fucking loaf of bread. Russian lady. Yeah, Russian lady. Wait, say more. To, yeah. to, to talk about the depression or, or who you hate. Oh, man. I, I, there's so much that I hate. I hate uh, that... I, I hate that, that, that somehow we, because we're getting help, are uh, worse off than people who don't get help. You know, somehow we can't manage it, but uh, everybody else uh, can. But that's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Well, Nobody can fucking that. manage it. <laughs> Nobody can manage it, man. Nobody can understand it. And if you if you haven't been there, then good for you. I, I, I wish I was that way. But don't fucking for a minute 
be presumptuous about what is going on in here just because you think you've heard something or you read something once. Till you've been in a psych ward, till you've gone to rehab, till you've been humiliated and have your dignity stripped away from you, your ego stripped away from you, and the judgment of others cast upon you, that you can repel that shit and realize that you've come through what you've come through. You know, I mean, you know, the, your story isn't about drugs and sex and right. hustling and fucking that. Your story is one of a survivor. You're uh, a fucking survivor. And that's the truth. You needed heroin to survive the moment. And then the, then the, then the survivor became another beast that you had to survive. And then, uh, and then the rampant sex and stuff like that was another thing that you were doing to try and make yourself feel better, all right, to make you feel self whole. The anxiety that, that all these judgments other people have and put upon us raises your tension levels constantly. That, yeah. man, that, that, dude, I fucking get you, bro. I get you more than probably anybody you've talked to in a long fucking time. Way more than probably those fucking psychiatrists with their fucking, you know, haven't done dick, okay? Yeah. Haven't done shit in their whole fucking lives, man. You know, until you hit somebody and you got to worry if the cops are going to come, you know, uh, you got to you gotta scam something, you got to pawn something, you know, yeah. you uh, uh, stole a bicycle from a Russian kid, okay, you know, to, to make ends meet, you know, and then you feel bad about it a couple of years later, you go back <laughs> to the house and you, you, buy, you get your bikes or whatever they want. I was the asshole that stole your stuff. Just you know, water. I mean, it, it's it's... That's the truth, man, is that, you know, you're just a survivor, man. And, 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 uh, and it's hard for me to he- and this hear it. It's hard for me to get shit, it. Man. Like, uh, of I always... course it is, because you're, you're, you're actually probably very, very shy. You're yeah. actually very shy, and you have a lot of social anxieties, yeah. and that's what makes you a great comedian. The stutter comes from that, because yeah. when you break into character... There is no stutter. That's right. Okay, when you when you have um, when you get impassioned about something, you feel you have a central focus on something. There is no there's no punch drunk. There's no yeah. fucking. There's nothing else in there, Daddy. It is all just crystal clear. You okay? And that's that's what society puts that anxiety upon you. All right, you are fine. You have clear, translucent thoughts. That's what people don't understand is that people in their um, uh, when they stutter, it's not that the thought isn't jarmbled, okay? The thought has already left. It's, supposed yeah. to, it's the fire in between there. The anxiety twists it up. But, man, I bet when I, on heroin, I bet you were a poet. I bet you could enunciate and, and scramble words together that move people. And you do it now with comedy. You know, yeah. it just it just the immediacy of of it is not so much to blow people's minds, but to make them laugh. And and you know what the thing is, is that well, but, everybody can focus on part of you. That's what makes you a great performer. And, you know, I don't do many interviews. I don't do many, yeah. uh, especially with stand ups. Wow. I don't do I don't do I've only maybe done one. All right. But the truth of the matter is, is that you're very, very interesting because you You've been there, man. You've been in in it. There's yeah. nothing that, that and, and, everybody should be able to identify with you in you, some realm. Jesus Christ, that's nice, Rick. I want to say it's been nothing but a joy to have you in my house, and thank you so much for being here on our podcast, buddy. 
Yeah, thank you. It's been beyond a pleasure. Much needed. I can't wait like till we put the lightning. microphones down and uh, and we just have a great meal together and uh, sit and laugh and, and uh, talk yeah. stories. Yeah, for sure. Have a good time, buddy. Thanks, amazing, buddy. Amazing. Thank you. Holy shit. Was that not amazing? You did such a great job. And he's so fascinating. Thank you. Thank you. I, I always feel that I... I don't do many of the interviews because I'm really nervous about doing them. You're just really busy usually, but yeah, but I'm really nervous too. You know, it's like, it's like I, you know, I, I subconsciously bring stuff up so I don't have to do them because I'm nervous about doing them. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? But you know, I, I guess that's a comics anxiety, you know, like Rick was expressing, he was, he was so, he felt so demeaned that he had to go do a voiceover as a Christian tomato and a veggie tail, okay, that he was at a gas station and got propositioned by a, I mean, to, to give money to a homeless woman, and he, instead of giving her just money for smokes or beer, he said, why don't you earn it and let me make out with you to release this energy, you know, this, this anxiety. And, you know, I, I guess, you know, it's understandable. You know, that's a very sexual addict type of mentality but it's also i mean comics and and but if you're doing something that you don't like you know that energy can get your head out of it you know a good makeout session can change your whole outlook on a day you know what i mean i guess the taste of homeless woman going into a <laughs> veggie com- oh i don't know i don't know if he <laughs> i guess he he uh, how does homeless taste like uh god i like I mean, like mud pies i would guess i don't ask. i mean it's her i don't imagine she's taking good care of those teeth of hers you know the dental hygiene thing is probably not high on her list of yeah plus. well you know i mean Rick, rick's Rick's not that specific, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, now he is. Now he's got a beautiful wife and stuff. But I think that uh, he, he, uh, at the time he wasn't that, you know. I mean, he was making out with homeless women, but he was also a male prostitute, you know. I mean, oral hygiene's probably not real high on the list if you're rolling the dice with, you know, any extreme disease. Right. 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 And and then and then he goes and then he drops all of that. He drops male prostitute, drops the hustle, drops the midnight cowboy shit in New York, drops the making out with homeless women, and starts working in a cafe. And then wants to fucking kill himself in there too, you know? And finally finds AA and, and gets sober and it's it's like a whole new world for him. And his comedy is through the roof. I mean, he's he's just amazing. I I can kind of relate to like feeling like if you're have that pent up sexual energy that you just got to get that out that I can imagine that I mean that's something that probably everyone has experienced at some point folks we need to take a moment okay (laughs) it'll be three to four minutes Great for 
me. That was great for me. Uh, how about you, baby? Well, do, you, do you like that nice uh, stabbing in the in the uh, in the van in wagon? The ice box. Oh, yeah, yeah, in the ice box box. That, that was a whole thirty seconds of homeless loving. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm quick when I don't have to worry about taking her home, you know, and dropping her off and Where's shit like that. Where's my twenty bucks for gas? Hey, you got it, baby. That was a good twenty bucks. All right, you don't need all that gas. I'll give you 10 <laughs> and a book of matches. You'll be fine. Uh, you know. <laughs> so if you want um, to receive that art. That <laughs> yeah, yeah, not the art that we just made, okay, because that wasn't really art. That's, uh, that was gross. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but no, Rick actually, he, he drew, I mean, he painted a picture, and he hasn't done that in years. And so if you're a fan of, of Brother Rick Shapiro and, and – uh, uh, you want a chance to get his stuff, okay? By all means, uh, rate, leave us good comments, and you're entered to win, and Danny will go through, pick them, and, find, and send you stuff. And we'll also send you uh, Perfect Ten uh, swag and Ralphie and Lana swag. All right? We, loved, we love our fans. Uh, without you, we have no reason. We're just crazy people talking. And if you want to hear the crazy people talk, Ralphie, the, tonight you're going to be, tonight and tomorrow night, you're going to be at the um, Newport, Kentucky um, Funny Bone, which is the Cincinnati Funny Yeah, Bone. Cincinnati Funny Bone. Right. And then Columbus, Ohio on Friday and at Saturday At that Funny Bone Sunday. in the mall, which is one of my favorite clubs of all time. Hey, guys, get tickets for these, because I haven't played Cincinnati in like four years, and uh, it will sell out uh, before I even get there, as well as Columbus always sells out before I get there. People have been buying tickets for months. Um, get your tickets while you can. Uh, it's a great show with the Smash Brothers, and um, I, I just don't want people to get missed out, uh, especially who are podcast fans. And then you're also going to be in Toledo, Ohio on the 16th and 17th. That's right. And, and the 18th at Lima, but that's coming up. That's already next week by now. So. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. So, as always, we have a great band. Every week we have a great band. If you don't, like, if you don't listen to the end of the podcast, you're missing out on fantastic music. Uh, this week is no exception. From their debut album... This is Sage Sage and and the the Saints. It's the way that you walk And that slow southern draw Making all the girls talk But you don't notice at all Cause you're looking at me Yeah, you're looking at me kind of man bursting at the seams and I think you can see yeah I think you can see but you're loving 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 but you're Flutter I get 
Subscribe. Visit our page on iTunes. Leave us plenty of comments and a high rating. Check out our website at perfect10pod.com. We'll see you next week. Suckers.